Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and now we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. I'm Chris Reeves, independent college counselor, and I'm here with Joel Ford, school counselor at Connor High School in Hebron, Kentucky. Our producer is Mike Piergowski, English teacher at Indian Hill High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, who is our DJ Jazzy Jeff for this podcast. That's right. That's a little play off our episode title, you know. That's right. It is. Um, Chris, Every episode we have, we try and give advice in one of our lenses to a very important population within the college admissions process, and that group, parents. Yep. But for today's episode, even though we'll have the, the four lenses that we always provide, the focus is going to be primarily on parents and their role in this whole process. That's right. That's right. Uh, what are the do's and don'ts for parents when it comes to helping their student? their child, navigate the college admissions process. You know, it's always funny. I hear school people always refer to when they talk to parents, they'll say your student. And I always think, well, it's kind of like our student mm-hmm. and uh, your child. But right. you hear it like in every meeting. It's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, uh, what also, what, what can parents do to help? What can parents do wrong in the process? Uh, we have a couple of outstanding guests for this one. But first, Joel, what do you have for us this week? I think I know something's coming. I can see it boiling, and I know that you're ready to talk about this. So it's rant time for me. It's been so long since I've had a good rant that I actually had to go back and read old scripts to figure out what the name of this segment was. Um, what is the name? What is the name of this? Segment? The name of the segment is really, and and so all right with, with this topic, the name fits this time. Um, So a week or two ago, I was looking through Twitter, um, and I found a posting from someone who was upset about a picture that was being shown on Twitter. Um, So to give some context, the picture was from a parent who reported the following. Um, I have a junior in high school, and I finished my taxes yesterday. I decided to run the net price calculator for all 19 of the colleges on her current list. Okay, well, 19... That's That's another episode. That's another episode. But anyway, um, the process helped to take a few off the list. Okay, single mother living in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it may not look so it may look like there's a lot of money, but not compared to the cost of living. This one was the most misleading. I'm not complaining, just sharing. Oh, we're still quoting her. That's from the parent. Okay. Okay. So then you look at the picture and along with the, the comment. Uh, The picture shows a financial aid proposal itemized based upon the net price calculator of the school. And the school's not listed, which we wouldn't mention it anyway. But personally, I think it's indicative of a bigger problem. Uh, The fact that that I have to use the words net price calculator and misleading in the same sentence. Okay. Right. So the estimated total price of attendance was listed, which was listed at $37,385. Okay. Right above that was listed estimated award letter. And above that was expected family contribution. Now that's a term that, that if you do the FAFSA, you're familiar with. Okay. Under estimated award letter was listed the following awards. 
and and I want to be clear, it said awards. Okay. Grant award, zero dollars. Self-help award, nine thousand dollars. Family help award, twenty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-five dollars. Say that again. You may have even like get skipped on the recording. Okay. What was it called? With the last one, because that's going to make that clear to listeners anyway. So it was it was an estimated award letter, right? Um, and under the estimated award letter was listed the following awards: grant award zero dollars, self help award nine thousand dollars, family help award twenty eight thousand three hundred eighty five dollars. Okay. Family help award. Okay. All right. So this was after the the EFC listed the student contribution at $600 and the parent contribution at $44,805, okay? But because they've used the term awards in the estimated award letter section, to me, it looks like the school is awarding the family with financial aid when actually they are awarding them with a bill for the full price tag. Really? You can't just put it in plain English. You can't just say, hey, I'm sorry, you didn't qualify for financial aid. You have to trick them into thinking they've earned an award when the award is actually going to be a bill. What? I'm not laughing at the family. I'm laughing at you. Now, we work in the world of admissions. You know, we're on the high school side, and, and I know... A lot of times admissions and financial aid offices are two completely different places and spaces within the university. But but bottom line, this kind of garbage makes the entire university look very, very bad, in my opinion. Navigating this entire process is difficult enough without using deception as part of the process. So if you're a college and you have any any type of this kind of thing going on, do better. Come on. Ugh, I, I love ranting. Like uh, even like it's even if it's not me, like it's so cathartic just to rant. Uh, I mean, we, you and I both know. I mean, like I said, it's kind of fun to rant. That that most that most schools, I, I really have to believe. Maybe maybe I'm naive, but I really have to believe most schools are like having these conversations. How do we make it easier and clearer and better for families? When I they, agree. When they re- stuff but it's not done like it's like what you like that was real like that was put out there and i don't think that it's it's one college out of the thousands that are out there unfortunately i i i unfortunately think it it may be more prevalent than it it is and i mean i know this isn't the episode but it is about parents i mean you have to be as parents you've got to be super careful on the language to know what you pay back which you don't um i i think that this one's more blatant but I think that the language, one, inconsistent, so that doesn't help anything. 19 colleges have 19 different ways of saying things. And, and two, the, the vocabulary you're using needs to be more clear and easy to understand. Well, and, and bottom line, and you know this as well as I do, how many kids do we have this time of year in the spring that come in with a letter and they say to us, what does this mean? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 100%. so if they're coming in just for the basic, I don't understand this letter at all, and then to disguise what's going to be a bill as an award because it sounds nicer, that that's just ridiculous. And we're all about transparency and and making things clear. 
Well, that's always our, I mean, I, I think that that's probably what I'll, a message I'll have almost every episode for, for colleges. Right. Uh, all right. Before we take a break, Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford is part of the NACAC Podcast Network, where you can find a variety of podcasts related to the college admissions process. For example, how about this one? College Admissions Decoded. That's NACAC's actual podcast. I don't think for, we've ever advertised it we before. Haven't, we haven't. That's, <laughs> that's their podcast. Uh, created by the National Association for College Admission Counseling. Every episode features insiders from the world of admissions, breaking down the facts, myths, and rules of engagement for today's college landscape. And with that, we'll be back to discuss the role of parents in the college admissions process. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Chris, we're both parents, and we both have children in college, so we've seen this process from two different perspectives, right? Sure. I, I'm not sure we're the typical parents in the process, Probably and it's not. not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. It's not to be conceited. There were actually different challenges I had, but our day jobs do give us a bit more knowledge about this this whole process than a typical parent knows. I think some of the questions and fears that most parents may have during this process weren't present for either of us because we've helped so many people get through the journey, if nothing else, understanding the timeline and how that works. But I, but I, I think between us and our guest, we can provide some knowledge from all of our various perspectives to help support any parent listener through this. So... Today, we have not one, but two guests for today's podcast. Um, so, Chris, why don't you introduce our first guest, and I'll introduce our second. Sure thing. As, as we know, um, the best part of every episode is when you and I are not talking. Sure. So, I'm, I'm happy to introduce our first guest and second time on the podcast, David, Bur David Burge, Vice President for Enrollment Management at George Mason University and former president of the National Association for College Admission Counseling, NACAC. He's also served in various positions, Arizona State University, University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and the University of Kansas, as well as a consultant for Noel Levitz. David has a master's degree in educational leadership and administration, and a bachelor's degree in English, both from the University of Kansas. Joel, how about guest number two? Our second guest is my former presidential classmate through NACAC, Mr. Jeff Stallman. Jeff is a college counselor at St. Charles Preparatory School in Columbus, Ohio. I know, Chris, you have a little extra love for Columbus. I do. Um, prior to that, he was a college counselor in the New Albany Plain Local Schools in New Albany, Ohio. Jeff has a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in photography from Ohio University, a Master's in Education from Wright State University, and a master's in school counseling from the University of Dayton. Uh, Jeff was the president of the Ohio Association for College Admission Counseling. Um, I think I got my year right, 2017 to 2018, when I served in the same position for Kentucky. I am super excited that he is here with us today. Gentlemen, welcome. David, hello. Great to be here, Chris and Joel and Jeff. Yes, Je thank you. Jeff, hello. Hello, and thank you for the invitation. Be sure and update your resumes now, guys. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> two timer, two timer. Two -timer. David, do you get a shirt for that or like a jacket or something like they do at Sunday Night Live? 
I think I'm a few away from that, and I, I, but I, I, I expect it. Okay. <laughs> it is, it is on the way. Uh, before we get to questions, I just, I have a thought to kind of get us to get us started. It's something I've thought about for a really long time, and why I feel like this, this whole, a line of thinking that might be like a recipe for stress and anxiety in this whole process. So, first, let's assume that overall parents care about their kids more than anything else. Like, like you're, you're, you're raising children. You, so you, you're, you are, the stakes are high, like it's almost as high as they can be because your children are so, so important to you. And, you know, in a biological sense, it's why you existed in the first place, but you care a whole lot about your kids. Let's assume that that's true. Second, the, the process is mysterious it's a lot of it is is rarely like within your control, especially as schools get more selective. So you have these two things. You've got you've got something you care about a lot, but something you don't quite understand and you don't have a lot of control over. And, and third, it's it's more expensive than Derek Jeter in the back of a Wagoneer. So, you know, it's like all these things together sets up the scene of why it's so crazy and so hard for parents in this whole process. So you know, tell me if you all feel differently, but I, but, but that's, that's all before the starting line. Like, I think that sets up, sets up the scene. Um, I'd love to hear like Jeff, I'd love to hear your, your thought on that. I think you nailed it. And, and it's why you see people with uh maybe uh, heightened levels of anxiety in this process. And, and and I'll throw one more caveat into this. Imagine it's a family who just moved to the United States within the last 15 years and doesn't understand the educational culture, post-secular culture of, of the U.S. Uh, it, it's it's mind boggling for that family to understand, try to understand this process. So uh, I, I agree 100 percent. I think those three um, kind of things make tons of sense to me and, and explain um, the anxiety we sometimes see on our side of the desk. Well, Chris, I think. I look at, at parenting in this process and have to have to acknowledge that it's an extension of privilege to a certain extent, meaning you're, you're privileged to have a team of caring individuals wrapped around you. Not every student going through this Very process true. has mm -hmm. a parent advocate. So if you begin with the idea that that is a benefit is intended to be leveraged for good to be a, a minimum, another set of eyes on a very, on a series of complicated processes. I, I think we would do well to get past intentionality and sometimes in the way that we on the college side think and talk about parents. That's a, that's a, that's a really good point because, you know, I don't, I mean, I think the episode is, is about parents or for parents in a way, but not everybody has that. Mm -hmm. And that's where, um, well, I mean, not not just not just me, Jeff, and Joel step in, but even on the college side, I think it's 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 super important to maybe even be more supportive when when you're when when you're approached with students who don't have those resources. That's right. Well, you have the process itself is sort of tragically complicated, overcomplicated at times by some players, but but just even the complexity of multiple institutions with well-intended. And, and seemingly well explained at times processes they're just different and and you you know it's it, it is you if you use that analogy of buying a house 
right? You, you know, it'd be the equivalent of trying to get what eight to 10 different bank loans with, with terms sorted and five to six different inspectors and different language and HOAs involved. In, and I mean, it's just absurd to think of it. Like no other decision fits that mold really of complexity. No joke, no joke. What? So, you know, we've got some, just some thoughts, questions to, to spur to the conversation and, and we can, don't have to stick to that, but we did want to get into in the college search process, what is the role of the parent? Because we've seen it from absent, non-existent, to everything, and doing too much. So, what? Where's Jeff? What do you? What, how do? How do you? How, do, how would you define the role? Well, uh, you know, it, it, I think it depends on the kid to some extent too. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, you, you'd like to think it'd be a guide. Um, uh, one of the admission reps um, I used to bring in for a freshman parent meeting used to say, you know, when, when the student walks onto campus, the parents should be leading the, the child holding hands walking onto campus at the high school. And when they leave the high school, the student should be in the lead with the parent behind, you know, and I think of that as kind of a, a visual for that. Uh, but I, I look at that as a guide and somebody to maybe ask a lot of good questions of their child to, to you know, kind of determine what's going to make sense for a college fit and to be supportive. You know, I think just to be really supportive, not to do stuff for them, but to be supportive and encouraging. I agree. I, I thought I got some really great advice from the aid director at the University of Nebraska about 15 years ago. And, and his comments were that parents helping their children into and through school is the last great act of love in the long line there, right? It's very symbolic. It's teachable moment for them, for you. Uh, and I, I, I agree with what Jeff said. I, I and would in, in terms of my bona fides, yeah, I've been doing this for a minute, but I've had, you know, I had one student go through this. I my, my oldest student, Darby, went through the college search process in 2020. I've got one in it right now. Those are my real bona fides in this. What I think I expect of myself in this process is that I, um, that I tailor it to their needs, which is to say the way I approached it with Darby was very different than how I'm approaching it with Fletcher. And that I'm also allowing them to feel the sense of control to own the decision whether whether in truth or in in perception only but certainly i want that to be what the what the what you know, both my kids left with man fantastic this is the, the perfect example of why it's nice when joel and i aren't talking and <laughs> and other people are that's i mean it's fantastic i i don't i think both of those statements i will keep with me yeah. The visual from Jeff, that statement, you passing it along from 15 years ago in Nebraska through David to us and hopefully our listeners. Um, so, man, it almost kind of gives me chills a little bit, like makes me get a little emotional just because my last, our, our youngest is in a sophomore at UK right now. And, you know, like I get, I get like, oh my gosh, it's so expensive. And like the apartment and this and that. And, and I'm like, but if this is if I if I reframe that a little bit like this is about you know kind of a one last kind of moment of love to to go forward, um, yeah, I, I like that. That's that's amazing. So, from the student perspective, how do you how do you approach your parent to 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 put them in the position that you need them to be in? Does that make sense? From the college side or from the high school side? From from the the student side. Oh. Like how do you how do you 
how do you work with your parent to 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 put the parent in the role that you as the student need them to be? Joel, are you are you asking like for a parent who might be too involved and the student wants them to 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 back off a little bit or, sure. or something else? Sure. We okay. can go with that. Yeah, I I uh, I'm not sure how much the student has a say in that. Uh, they they can they can rebel in certain ways, I suppose. And we've had a lot of meetings. I'll often have a student come into me and and say, "Hey, my my mom or dad is is nuts on this process. Can we set up a meeting and then we'll just have a, a nice chat with all of us?" And that that seems to work really well. And kind of uh, maybe lay out some parameters or ground rules. I think that that's one way to do it. But I think if the students at home doing that, it takes a rare kid to be able to say. Hey mom, let's only talk about this once a week, you know, or something like that. Do you think students have, or children, I guess, in this sense, have have kind of like learned how to navigate their parents over all kinds of different issues over years, and some are just like better at it than than others? Yeah, I think I think that's I, that's totally smart because there's I'm going to guess, and and you all work directly with parents and students more than I do on on, on the contemplation of. of college broadly, but I, I have to assume there's not exactly a whole lot of new dynamics that get introduced to this. These are, these are probably the most recent expression of old, well-established dynamics amongst parents and children. I, th- I think if, if a parent can, can, can be reflective for a minute and, and really contemplate the gravity of the choice and strip away the nonsense around bragging rights and keeping up with the Joneses and, and exclusivity and scholarship this and really get down to sort of what's going to help their student be successful because all all that other stuff is temporary the, the long term is is this co- this is a choice the student's going to learn something from making that choice and they're going to hopefully make the right choice uh, all at once I, okay, David, go ahead can I jump in real quick? I, you said something there that, that I feel like is something, even me as a parent, I remember going through this process when my kids were that age and you felt like, you know, oh, maybe I should be doing this because other families are doing this. Even I felt that way, you know? So I think there's this, the keeping up with the Joneses thing is a powerful emotion for a parent. There's somebody else is doing something. Should we be doing that? I don't want to put my child at a disadvantage. That's a challenging thing. I my parent night this year. I, um, I said, here, I'm banning a few phrases. The first phrase I'm banning is I heard, period. Anything you start with me and you say I heard, then we're going to rephrase the question because <laughs> they, they got a kick out of it. I think they understood understood my point. I, I have one piece, if you'll entertain me for a moment, and I'm talking, I guess maybe you'd have to, but I, I have there's a really practical conversation I've had with with families in the last few years. And it revolves around like the, 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 the doesn't always happen, but like the quote unquote fight about like where you're applying. So a parent wants a student to apply somewhere because they think it's good. And then maybe a student wants to apply somewhere and mm-hmm. a parent's like, no way we can afford that. No way you're moving here. No way this and that. The conversation I've had with both parties, sometimes all together, is I have an idea. We can, since, since you don't decide where you're going, for, for six months from now, we can save this fight. So how about this? You, as, a, as a student, you know what? You've done the Common App. I'll help you out a little. Why don't you just say okay and do that application? And then, and then you know, parent, students are smart. 
when they see the packages at the end of the year, they're going to know it's going to cost too much to go if that's how it turns out. So you could just say yes right now for 50 bucks, maybe 75 for 75 bucks. You can delay a fight in your house for like six months. That's really good value. And I, I think that that's just the timeline is tough sometimes, but I try to use it to my advantage when I have these situations, at least in the application part. Yeah, I just spent 50 bucks taking my family to Ant-Man. Like, so, <laughs> and, and, and that was really awful. Uh, and, and so I'm going to spend 75 bucks again to, to, to pr preserve the integrity of, of the holistic process. What you just described is exactly what I did with my oldest, who, okay. who kept self, he, he kept pulling himself out. Like he, he would say, oh, I can't afford that. Or, oh, they would never admit me there. And, and, you know, I found so much of what I was doing was cheerleading and saying, look, sure. dude, let's just get to the end of the process with this. Let's lay it all out. And we, and, and we have to decide by May 1. Like, that's really the only thing that you need to worry about. It's like, you don't have to think about this until that point, other than, other than to weigh all of our options. So I came from a place of yes. Yep. And I like that too, Chris. The uh, For me, the analogy I always use is we're fishing. We're going to go fishing. We're going to cast a big net. We're going to gather up our fish. We don't have to decide which one we're having for dinner until May 1st. Let's take our time, Love it. gather up the fish, and then let's see what we have. But, but no sense arguing about one of the fish that we're catching. Let's just, let's move on. Awesome. Joel, quickly, for a, for a, um, for a first time listener, will you explain very quickly what, what we, when we refer to May 1, what that means? So May 1, National Decision Day. So um, it's the day that generally most colleges want a decision as to whether where you're attending. Um, we, can, we can talk in another episode about how hard and fast that is, but generally that's the date that colleges are looking for some type of confirmation. Cool. And all your scholarships, financial aid. I know there are little issues we deal with here and there, but but your your all of your stuff is protected until May first. Right. So that's when you that's when you decide. You, you know, Chris, I'm I'm sitting here thinking because I I, I talk about this a lot with people, um, and just thinking about the role of a parent and and you know David talked about this being sort of the last the last great act of love toward your your child, but. I also wonder just having being a parent and having gone through this. So like you, you've raised this child for 18 years and I, you know, I can remember holding my oldest as a newborn thinking, I just don't want to like hurt this thing. Like, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, I just, I don't want to screw this up. Right. <laughs> and so you go through this whole process and then I, you know, I, I remember, even things as simple as like your child comes to you and says, Hey dad, I'm sick. Okay. Well, I'll pick up the phone and call the doctor. Well, then they turn 18 and they come up to you and they say, dad, I'm sick. And now you have to say, Oh, well, HIPAA prevents me from, from calling the doctor for you. You, you have to do this. And, and so to me, I wonder how much of, of, how hard it is for the typical parent who has been involved with their kid and who has supported them. Now this is one of the first times where you kind of 
can't can't control seems to be a too hard of a word, but you you can't do for your child the way that you have done for them for 17, 18 years. And, and to me, I mean, it, I think it's hard whether you're part of the college admissions world or not. Um, old habits die hard, I guess. That's what I'm trying to get at. I think you're hundred percent right. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of think too, Joel, that going along with that, that a lot of kids I've, I've, worked in fairly affluent districts most of my career, especially in more affluent districts, you see kids who've been sort of bubble bubble wrapped and protected along the way a lot. And this is the first time that they may, and the parents may get a no answer on something and, and that can be challenging. Yeah. Has this changed over time? Yes. Like the attitudes and and how parents do things in your observations? In my opinion, like this, and, and, and I'll tell you, on the college side, we're getting this as a solid refrain from any number of our vendors in, in the vendor space who are talking about research that they've done or products that they have to better interface with parents. I remember in my grad program, this, uh, in the, which would have been around, around 2000, uh, and and there was this notion in the, 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 of the beginnings of the commercialization commodification of college and the role, the rising role of parents. And it was this big, big, big shift, apparently, I don't know, but it's just, and just when I think it's peaked and it's going to start valleying, it just keeps peaking and you just get more and more. And then you see these things happening at the school board meetings and, and, and you know, that stuff's coming for us (laughs) sooner rather than later on the college side. And, and so it's, it is getting bigger, I think. I will also say, you know, I went to college a million years ago. We had a one phone in the dorm. You know, you go down and you make your weekly call home. And I, I'm amazed at the number of kids who talk to their parents by phone when they're at college once, two times, three times a day. That that uh, that amazes me. And that that's something that's way different than it used to be. So here's here's, I think, a question that comes up a lot. Um how does how does all this change dependent on who's financing the child's education? Uh, because because we've all encountered parents who, you know, right or wrong, they're the ones that that are financing the education for their child. So because of that financial investment, how how does that impact their role? Does it impact their role? Um, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a fair, I think it's a fair observation and, and I've seen it employed a couple of different ways. You know, the, the first is that the parent then contemplates it like a traditional financial transaction, right? Like if I hear that type of language, I'm, I'm, I assume that I'm working with folks who are, who think they're negotiating on a car or, 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 or working with a realtor, uh, you know, that, that that's the context they put this in. And, and, and that's not necessarily, that's probably not necessarily fair in 100% of the cases, but that, that's where it, it certainly trends. Uh, and and then, then you have those who, uh, you know, are actually trying to then look at this as a leveraged product to negotiate too, where because that they, that, that's the way, maybe that's the role they've played in their family, or that's just the way they, they look at the world. Um, and it, it does create a sense of entitlement amongst parents that because of that, there's maybe a broader right to more access. 
I'd say on, on my end, <clears throat> I see it more in terms of the major that the student is okay with a student selecting, uh, or even the the school that, that maybe the parent is okay with them selecting. So, you know, um, as a former photography major and English major here, <laughs> it's, we might have had hard arguments with, with a lot of the parents we work with about uh, going through those things. So so I get that, but I, but I think, you know, it, it's out of love for the most part. The parents want their child to be successful down the road. They want them to be financially independent and secure. And, and I get that, and that's fine. And, you know, Maybe that student can double major in something they love and something else to to kind of make the family happy. But uh, um, I think that's where I see it uh, come up. I have a young woman right now young, who is uh, going to college next year to double major. Uh, well, it's not technically a double major, but she's majoring in dance and she's pre-med. And it was just had to be very careful in the college search and the college list. Um, but... I mean, the parents were fantastic and they're all for it, that sort of thing. So it's not that sort of issue, but there, it can be done and you can kind of have kind of have both. If she does that, she will be the story on that university's tour for decades. <laughs> Every time somebody gets a question about what what major do I need for pre-med? Well, you know, yeah. I knew of a, of a gal who <laughs> right. majored in dance. How yep. crazy is that? Right. Yes, she would. She definitely, definitely would be. Uh, Chris, can I, can I slip in something that, that just popped in my head? I suppose. Thanks. Yes. I, I'm curious how you guys would work with two particular groups of parents and, and I'll, I'll mention them one at a time. Um, is there, is there anything um, support wise or conversation wise that you would recommend for the first group, a first-generation parent? Uh, I would just say on my end, um, I would want to get that parent in for meetings often, as soon as possible, just to start building relationships, making sure that we answer any question that comes up. You know, I think that that having a, a more in-person um, connection with that family is really, really critical. I think, I think the... Uh when we contemplate working with first-generation parents on the college side, we we think about things like um, acronyms and uh, core assumptions that we we shouldn't be making, simply because um, you know we don't want to we don't want to assume that people know our world. In fact, I'd argue we should assume actively the opposite of that. Uh, and so so there are the the, the the moment that I would on the college side working with those parents. I think it's you should book more time and you should contemplate your role in educating the parents on college itself because you'll need to do more of it. So one B, what about the parent that's first generation that maybe higher education is not valued by them in the same way that it is by the student? Uh, that's a that's a challenging conversation. The um, you know I, I think that you know most parents are going to want to support their their child. I think that would probably get into cost a lot, and and uh, we'd have to have some conversation about that. But I don't don't know that I have a, a, a right answer for that one, Joel. Hmm. Sometimes that's about proximity too. So you know, your parents and children have proxy fights all the time. We yes. at least at least we do in my house and. And, and sometimes that's a fear of losing the child 
uh, of, of both like physically and perhaps just in terms of their overall relationship with the family. So I, it, it's it's tricky for all of us to have to to participate in these family dynamics, but but we do, and I think we do it through good listening and and trying to keep the best interests of the student front and center, which. Uh, there's just a million things pulling against that uh, in those in those moments with, with parents. And I'd say, part, oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. No, no, I'd just say in full disclosure, I'm at a school where it's a college prep school. Parents send their children to go to college, so I, I don't have that conversation very much. David, how do you know when, let's see, how am I going to phrase this? People come to your office and parent, you, you talk to parents some of whom probably had a lot of great support from from offices like Jeff's uh, and hopefully mine and Joel's. And then you have parents and families who come in who perhaps it's clear that they that they haven't had a lot of prior help or guidance. Uh, what do you what how do you notice that? And and then what do you do about that? It's a good question. What 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 I think is the, the first thing is, is that you can kind of get a sense of it by by having conversations with families, but you also can't assume anything anywhere, really. I mean, I mean, I think once you hear a school name and you know this school has a, a history of, of, of small caseloads and, and, and well-informed families, all second generation sure. mostly, but 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 in a place like Mason, we don't we actually don't. That's the exception rather than the norm. And and usually it's a direct ask. I mean, I think I think it's important to ask what what connections have you had with your school counseling, college counseling operation, and and you can get a much. I mean, they're, they'll 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 be honest and they'll answer and they'll talk about the things they did. Sometimes they may not even recognize the ways that they've interfaced with with folks at the school, um, and, or try to downplay it through explanations involving things like naviance and, and, and whatnot. But uh, it, it, it is, it's, I think, important to get that. And then on the back end, regardless of the answer, to reinforce that and say, now make sure you are getting connected with your school counselor. Because that, that, that is in a very practical way, not only benefits the student, but also relieves some of the pressure on the admissions office who shouldn't be the subject matter expert on all of admissions. They're, they're really hired, paid, and trained to be the subject matter expert on their particular school. They should be careful sometimes in not wandering too far from that lane because they'll screw it up. Joel, here's what I, I think I'd like to do, just to make sure we kind of stick with like parents who are listening. Let's let's. I do want to make some assumptions just for the next statement, but let's assume a parent just really is listening to this and wants to learn, and they want to know, okay, what can I do? What's you know, what's, how do I be an effective partner in this process? So that's, that's, that's the, that's the question or statement. Um, if I'm putting this on, on, on your all's quiz, Jeff and David, describe the parent who is an, who is an effective partner in the college admissions process. Okay. Uh, for me, um, my, you know, and, and building these relationships is what we do, like in all these fields that all four of us are, are from here. Um, I love it when a parent wants to come in and meet early on. I, I Even though I've got a full caseload and I'm busy, I, I love it when a freshman family wants to come in and meet and just kind of get to know each other and chat and talk. It's sometimes really nice when they bring in a little Starbucks, you know, something for me or whatever. That's nothing wrong with that. So if you're a parent, don't be afraid to bring something in uh, for the counselor, but, but get to know them early. Uh, we're a team. Uh, we're working on this for the next three or four years as a team. 
Um, I think that's what I, I like. I like when parents are willing to come in at least once a year and meet and talk and, and kind of share with where they're all at in the process in terms of thinking about this. Uh, but, th- but that's right. And, and also somebody who's not afraid to, to send me an email or call me if they have questions. Awesome. I think the parent that is in the best headspace is the parent that is first inquisitive and feels comfortable asking questions. And I, I think it's a, it's an art form to try to not influence through your question asking, but in the end, a 18 year old, 17 year old, heck 20, 23 year old is who's, who's working through this with a, with a parent, the parent should value add by being that, that, that wing, wingman, wingwoman, uh, and making sure that there aren't any blind spots in the process that are, that are encouraging their students at, at each step. And are are working with them to to try to ask them ask themselves the students the questions that they should be asking themselves, versus the parent that is that is flying the plane and going to land that plane on behalf of the student. And and there are there's a lot of gray area in all of that, and there's not one way to do it. So my final bit of wisdom is to give yourself grace as parents that you're going to make mistakes. And that it's okay to admit that. How and when do you have the talk with your child about finances? David, you want to take that? I'll go first. I'll do that one. Yeah. I'll tell you how I did it with finances. We we picked a a moment in time before May 1, and I said, we're going to gather the best financial offers from all of the institutions that are still on your list. And we're going to, we're going to quite literally compare them against one another and, and not talk so much in, in terms about yes and no, but talk in terms about this is what the financial implication is. And in our case, right, there were two schools on Darby's list. One would leave him graduating college with only $10,000 in debt. And the other had him graduating college with close to $50,000 in debt. And, and I talked to him about debt and about debt being a part of the natural order, and but that too much debt in this process has a, has a downstream implication. And, and he made the choice, right? Um, but I was doing that only after we had the best and final out of each institution. And uh, what I did with my kids uh, was to kind of say, you know, my wife was in education, so we're obviously very rich and can afford anything we want. Uh, so what, uh, right. It was easy. Just wrote a check. That was exactly. Easy. So what we did is we kind of said, you know what, I think that we can probably pull off the equivalent of a state funded education for you. Um, but but, you know, we can also help you find private schools where you can can get some really good financial support, merit money, whatever the case may be. And, and we set that expectation up early on. There was no I don't think our kids ever had any doubt that that was their expectation. Uh, my daughter ended up going to Rollins in Florida, so she was able to go to a to a, a private school that she liked, small and and so forth. My son went to a state school in Ohio, so so I think that the, that parameter and this is you know honestly this is one of the biggest issues that I see with uh, families as they're trying to make these decisions. The ugliest parent situations I've ever been a part of have been these types of questions where there wasn't conversation ahead of time. Uh, the students sometimes felt like they had the rug pulled out from them right at the end of the process because the parent says, nope, I know you went through and you built all the list and you did everything great. We just can't afford that now. Uh, it's an important conversation to have early on. 
I have a I have a friend, a uh, personal friend who, you know, I helped his daughter a little bit with some application stuff, but um, it it turns out that basically like she's like just a really mature person, and he said he just told her the amount he had for her. Like he said, this is right now. It's like there's an out of state public and an in state public. And boy, would she love to go to the out-of-state public. And might be able to go to the out-of-state public. Um, but she's down to those two at this point. But she knows the amount. Like, she knows how much money is in the 529 plan that uh, the, the family has. And she, she knows how that how that would work and what that would mean for her and her debt. And she even knows that if she doesn't use it all, it, she gets to keep the surplus if, that's, if there is some. But, um, but it was – but that conversation was – ultimately had like this year it wasn't had her freshman year but it was it was had early enough in this process but um you, you know what i'm thinking chris yes uh, i'm thinking you can combine both answers have the initial conversation early as a starting point mm-hmm. and then when you get toward the end where you have the actual letters in front of you then go back to where the where you were with the original conversation look at the offers, look at, is there, is there going to be any debt and how much, and then you've been educated throughout the whole process, right? As far as where the money is. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that that's smart. It's, and it's, you've had two conversations, right? Not, not zero. Right. And, and not on April, April 30th. Yeah. You want to have any fun for a moment? We, we get, we get. Sometimes, you know, like I put something on, I don't know, a group on Facebook or something like that, and when I'm trying to have a little fun, and it just goes south because <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of sensitivities, and fun is hard to find at times. But I'm still want to have a little fun. Um, any, 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 <laughs> any stories of like parents from hell, <laughs> like. Like, uh, okay, this is secondhand, but, but, um, somebody like doing like a hunger strike outside of the admissions office or, or like, like that, I think that was a true story or, uh, parents like really, really reaching out to the admissions office, like, uh, like 50 times of maybe edible arrangements and bribes and all kinds of stuff. But, <laughs> um, any, and you know, nothing too serious, but any, 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 any stories from you all? David, I think that's you. I'm going to hear these stories. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, uh, maybe my senses are dulled, and and they've just it's been like the, the the frog in the boiling water, slowly temperature rising. You know, the frog doesn't realize it, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think I have any like truly horror stories. The closest thing I have to it is is was the involvement of legal counsel after the student had already been present at the university for a year. So the, 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 the implication was that the, there was verbal confirmation given that after a year, the student's residency status would change. And oh, that, you all about all in, in state. Yeah. Yeah. So the student was out of state student, you know, alleges was told that they would get in state after a year and a year came by and they didn't. And, you know, the, the, the lawyers get involved and there's nothing written down it there's it's hard to, to really do anything with that and and of course the 
parents sort of famously, and I know that because I am a parent and I famously do this, you know, hear what we want to hear too in that process. Right. I, I think, I think, you know, in those moments, you know, the, the, da the damage is done, but uh, you know, in, in the, in the moving forward style of way, it's always a good idea to maybe have people repeat back what they thought they heard from yeah. you at any maybe, given time. Maybe a better maybe a better question is like, what are a couple things not to do? A couple things that would be on the not to do list, even on a college tour or in a school counseling office or something like that. Here's one: don't go to the to the admissions office and say, "All right, don't tell my son or daughter that I've done this, but I need to know what's going on." Right? Like, so don't don't go in and try to get on the side and 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 fly in under the radar because it's not it's not healthy. And as admissions folks, normally it's not a good idea to indulge or to indulge that at a bare minimum. I would say don't use the phrase "we are applying to college" if you're a parent. That would be a good. Okay, part. that's a good one. That's um, a good one. And uh, and one thing I hit hard with my kids is just to you know when you walk in for your uh, college visit, please please you go up and talk to the to the person at the desk instead of your parent doing that. And please uh, make sure you're asking questions and not your parent. And and you know I think. Uh, many of us have been on a lot of college tours in the past and, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of have this, uh, at least I do, uh, this stereotype of the woman from New York who's asking the poor tour guide, peppering them with question after question after question, and all these other kids on the tour don't have a chance to ask questions. That's, that's what I would see. There you go. Back off. Let it be the kids' process. What, be there to support. You, what's you, your reaction to, well, School A offered my child this much money. What about what about your school? So so we get we get that those questions a lot, um, and and typically we we dig into the details with those families. We'll say, great, show us the letter so we can understand what's going on. We start by looking at bottom line price first. Saying, like, well, okay, here's here's how our offer might be better or worse, and and then we consider it. We we you know there's limited flexibility. But there is not zero flexibility, and and that the more that's become known, I think the months of March and April have become more complex for us on the college side. Um, so I, I would say I wouldn't tell a parent to shy away from that. I would I would tell them to be transparent with other institutions about the offer. Oh, very cool. All right, I didn't really I didn't really know that about public institutions. I thought yeah, it's that... a lot less than private. I mean, private it's a matter of business for decades, but publics are there. Okay, in small amounts. So if I tell parents, you know, just like use numbers, like use facts, and that's the, the most tactful, uh, professional way to approach that conversation. That I'm I'm saying the right things. I, you you are. I mean, and and really, it's a it's about it's a price conversation at that point in time. It's it it's not. I mean, it's not going to go the way the parents and family want if it's an equity conversation, which is to say, how come this university values them at $10,000 and you value them at $2,000? And, you know, that's not going to get an enhanced scholarship package because at the moment you're in that, that period with, with universities, it's literally a matter of, look, here's our all-in price and discounts. This is how much money as an institution we would realize through you enrolling with us. You know, what 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 is it worth to you? What is it worth to us? I mean, it's 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 not as it's not as slimy as I just described it, but it is it is real. You know, I mean, sure. it is it, you start with honesty and facts in that conversation. You don't start with emotion. 
I, I'll just add too that that I think the approach of the parent matters a lot in this too. If it, if or the student to go in and, and just say, listen, I would love to come to this college. It's my top choice. I would love to be there, but but you know what? I've got this other school that's giving me this package, and I I'm not able to pull it off unless I can get to this place. Can we have a conversation about that? And I think um, uh, not going in there like it's a used car sales situation is is really important. Or aggressive in any way. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, my, my only addition to the what not to do is maybe the obvious, but I will say it on this podcast out loud. Um, don't do the application, <laughs> or the essay, or anything like that. So it is duly noted on Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford that the application and essay is to be done by the student in all cases. You heard it here first, folks. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, do you have any, I mean, this has been an awesome talk and I hope, I really hope parents have a good, have a good feel for just a little bit more insight into the sensitivities and strategies and how they can, how they can most appropriately work in this yeah, process. I, I, I go back to, I, you know, I heard the word early on grace, um, you know, give yourself some grace. Um, but I think as long as, as long as we, all sides involved as long as you, as long as you keep the student at the center of the process i think it'll it'll all generally turn out okay you know um but for for a lot of people this is their first time going through this um and and so again give yourself a little bit of grace um Ultimately, we're all trying to do what's best for for the student. And, and if you, you know. need more resources, you can always listen to past episodes of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Wow. On all the various topics. The shameless plug, which you're but not reading. untrue. Not untrue. Yeah. There's a you're lot of good topics. You're plugging our podcast on the podcast. Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, sponsored by <laughs> Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Um, i really really enjoyed jeff david being on the podcast today it's amazing you guys are both fantastic counselors fantastic people we we appreciate and great friends one one last thing chris and absolutely in this game from a parent that i'd worked with in the past and we had a parent panel at one point in time at a school i was at and uh the question was what would you do differently if you could do this process all over again for a student who had graduated and gone on to college. And she said, you know what I would do differently is I, I would value my last year with my son. I spent that whole year asking him about his essay or, or worrying about small stuff and things that I should have just been concentrating on really enjoying my last year with my son. And I think that's a, that's a good, good thing for parents to maybe think about as well. That is a fantastic way to end this segment and just leave, leave parents with that. Yeah. So once again, thanks guys for being on this episode. Uh, We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our four lenses and our word of wisdom. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Joel, never a dull moment 
talking with Burge and having Jeff on the show was amazing. Man, what a what a good counselor. Holy yep. cow. Uh, I think they they both gave us a lot to consider, which which we should do now with our various lenses. Joel, get us started. All right. So if you are an independent or a school counselor, uh, there are multiple stakeholders in the college admissions process. The student, the parent, the counselor, teachers, college admissions professionals, all of which are bringing their experiences and perspectives to the process. As the counselor, you also bring those as well as a certain level of expertise. It's time to use your people skills here. Make sure everyone is heard. Make sure to share your expertise. And above all, do your best to keep the process student focused. Because after all, it is supposed to be about the student and what's best for them. If you're at a university, this message is always the same for you all. Transparency, so important. I'm always appreciative when colleges put student needs before institutional priorities. Joel's rant is a good example. Come on, man. You know, so as always, bottom line, understanding how desperate or confused or anxious parents are is is a testament to the power you have as an institution. With that power, it is your duty to honor it and honor the influence you have. Clarity and transparency become a big part of that. If you're a parent, you are an important part of this process. You have raised your child for almost 18 years to reach this point in life. They've been your primary focus since day one. Uh, Now, though, it's time for them to start to take the lead in this process. Yes, your opinion matters greatly because students are still learning at this age. However, remember that it is about your child, about their growth and development, and about them leaving the nest and starting to spread their wings. You may have to check yourself at times, but if you always approach this time from a direction of support rather than of control, the process works so much better for everyone. If you're a student, Joel alluded to it, but it's about owning the process. Your parents are part of a team, but you'll be the one attending college. Understand why colleges are on your list. Understand the finances behind it. Understand what is expected of you as you move forward in your education. Understand also that your parents are nervous. So so take the lead in this process. And I might also recommend a book for you. It's called The College Conversation by Jack Steinberg and Eric Ferda. The whole title is The College Conversation, A Practical Companion for Parents to Guide Their Children Along Their Path to higher education. It is a fantastic book to work together with your parents as you go through this process. So since you are the leader, suggest this book to your parents and go through it together. And if you're a teacher, like parents, teachers feel responsible for helping kids succeed in the future. As David said, it's a privilege to have a part to play. When a student asks for a letter of recommendation or advice on an essay, this is an opportunity to be a measure of support for both the student and the parent. As David alluded to, if I can help a student wrap up an essay, that's one less thing for a parent to worry about, which means they can focus on enjoying their son or daughter's senior year, the last year. And I can speak from experience. 
some of the most rewarding conversations I've had with students have been about these college essays, who they are, what's meaningful to them, and what they want to become. This is what it's really all about. And with that, it's time to wind down this episode where we'll finish like we always do uh, today with Chris's words of wisdom. Chris, what do you have for us today? We are recording this episode in the beginning of March. For school people, it's the part of the year where you really feel the grind. It's also March Madness. Today's word of wisdom is survive. Not like the literal brutal sense, but in a, in a figurative sense. Simple as this. Sometimes it's simply good enough to survive in advance. Your team has one of those ugly wins. Well, sometimes that's the day. Not pretty, but hey, survive in advance. As a parent, student, counselor, or almost and almost any profession, you are you aren't going to to light the world on fire every day. Life is busy, it's hard, et cetera, et cetera. So give yourself a little grace. Understand that sometimes survival is good enough. You know, in that word, I'm just gonna throw a little history on you real quick. This is the 40th anniversary of NC State winning the NCAA basketball tournament. And I believe their 30 for 30. Uh, documentary through ESPN is called Survive in Advance. Is it really? Okay. So, so there you go. Definitely appropriate for, for this episode. And remember, you can always listen to Get Schooled on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can follow us on Twitter at the following uh, spots, at Get Schooled 3, at Ask Mr. Reeves, and at The Mr. Ford. Um, and on the internet at uh, slash get schooled. Joel, tell our listeners about our next episode. So, for the next episode, um, we, we, you and I have talked about this one a lot, um, even before we started this podcast. Um, it's a hard topic. Um, it's one I'm definitely looking forward to having guests talk to us about. Um, how do you help your students set realistic goals for themselves without being a quote unquote dream crusher? Um, how do you handle the student who sets their sights much higher than they may be able to achieve? Um, how do you support your students? Uh, do you give them a bit of, rea of a reality check? Uh, do you leave your students to try and fail? Uh, just how do you deal with that situation? So you aren't gonna wanna miss uh, that episode. Uh, next time, right here on Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. I'm looking at my mortgage award letter now instead of my mortgage bill. So that's uh, that's how I'll be looking at it. <laughs> that's funny, Jeff. That's really good. My mortgage award letter. Congrats. You just made the blooper reel at the end. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, my goodness.
views expressed by the hosts of the Get Schooled by Reason for podcast are their own and are not necessarily representative of any groups or schools to which they belong.